Morning, church. How you guys doing? I'm excited to talk about this topic this morning, strength under control. Bible uses a couple different words to describe this. It uses uh, the word meek. Anybody ever heard that word? Meek. Been around the church for a while. You, you've heard that word. If you're a teenager, you're probably like, meek rhymes with weak. And uh, it does not mean weak. Okay. Uh, but we're also going to refer to it as, as a gentleness. The Bible uses the word gentleness a lot. So we're going to talk about this whole concept of being meek and, and, and gentle. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, I felt like after doing some study on this, I could have done a whole series on this. Uh, so I'm going to try to pack a whole series into this sermon. So, if, you know, what time? Hopefully you guys don't have long lunch or lunch plans until about one o'clock. I'm just kidding, guys. I'll get you out of here on time. <laughs> some people looked worried. Uh, I'll be gentle with your time. OK, there we go. Hey, let's pray. Uh, we're going to jump into the word. Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for your words. And, and Lord, I pray this morning that, that we can open up our hearts to see what your word has to say just about this whole idea of being gentle, about being meek, that we can imitate some amazing heroes of the faith in our in the Bible you know, primarily your son in this attitude. We love you. This in your son's name I pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. The Bible says, you know, Jesus, he's preaching this sermon on the mountain. This is like the most, the biggest sermon ever. And he's really laying some new standards for, for the people that are following him. And, and he's talking to this group of really a lot of poor people that are following him. There's some rich people. There's some religious people following him. But there's people that are just captivated at his teaching and he's saying to them, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And there's something about this that's got to get us going because it says they will inherit the earth. Those who are meek, those who are gentle, they're going to be the ones that are going to inherit the earth. Like, we don't talk about meekness a lot. We don't talk about gentleness a lot. Because the fact is, our world is a very ego-driven, dog-eat-dog competition. you got to get it your way, and you put, and it doesn't matter who you trample on in the process type of world, right? But the Bible actually says something. Jesus promises, hey, it's actually not those type of people that are going to inherit the earth. To be honest with you, those type of people, the crude people, the short-to-angry people, the people that are gossips, slanderers, they're the weakest of them all. It's those who are meek, who are gentle, who have their strength under control. They're the strongest. And, and when Jesus was talking about this, the, the image that would have come into their heads, the words that he used would have been the pictures of a wild stallion. Now, how many of you have been hanging out with wild stallions in the last few weeks? Anybody? I didn't think so. I don't know about you guys, like, you know, a wild stallion, like, it, that's actually a threatening animal, okay? If you went around a wild stallion, you'd probably fear for your life. Because if that thing kicked you, you'd be done. You might have, you might be alive, but you'd be in the hospital for a few weeks. I mean, I get scared around horses that are trained. You know what I mean? 
You ever, anybody here been kicked by a horse? Okay, I've been kicked by a horse one time growing up in Georgia. And uh, it was just one of those things you, you don't walk behind the horse. And the horse didn't kick hard. It just kind of was like, just a little, let me know, like, hey, don't, don't get too close to my hind legs. And like, hit me right here. And like, I had a bruise the size of a horse hoof print, like, for weeks. And they're like, yeah, you're like, lucky that she's trained. And see, the fact is, the wild stallion has a ton of strength, ambition. It has just this, it's just powerful. But a trained stallion still has all of that. It's powerful. It's ambitious. It's strong. But it's under control. And it's there to do whatever the master's bidding is. And therefore, that strength that's under control becomes very, very effective. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Those who are gentle, those who are meek, those who can harness that strength that they have. I preached a sermon a few months back and it said, hey, you're stronger than you think. And that's still true for everyone. You are much stronger than you think. But if you have the ability to harness that strength, to put it under control, to put it towards the right things, the Bible tells us something. You're actually going to inherit the earth. You're the strongest one in the room. When you're able to do that. Now, because most of us don't know what it's like to be around a horse, uh, we just finished this awesome series on superheroes. And so I have a clip from the, the most recent Superman movie, uh, Man of Steel. And this is Clark Kent, Superman, as a boy. And he's having to learn this whole concept of gentleness and meekness, strength under control. Let's look at it really quick. Come on, Kent. Come on, fight back. Get up, Kent. So is that it? Is that all you've got? Come on, Kent. Come on! what kind of man you want to grow up to be, Clark, because whoever that man is, good character or bad, he's, he's going to change the world. What's on your mind? Amen. So I'm going to share with you, i got a few points about what gentle people do. Just like, you know, Clark Kent here, he had to learn about what it looks like to be gentle. What it looks like to be meek, what it looks like to, to have his strength 
under control. He could have destroyed those kids in that moment. You know that, right? And some of us wanted to see it. Some of us like that. His dad was like, I wanted you, kind of wanted you to do it. But he said, there's something bigger at stake here. And the same goes for each one of us. So I wanted to share a few pointers on what gentleness and what meekness can actually do for each one of us. Why it's so powerful and why actually it's those who are gentle and meek, well, they're the ones that are going to inherit the earth. So point number one, gentleness diffuses and disarms. In Proverbs 15, verse 1, it says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Anybody here ever heard of mirror neurons? Do we have any, uh, you know, brain people in here? Okay, you guys all know about mirror neurons. It's, it's, it's this kind of common thing. When we walk into, like if you walk into a house... And you and the host is excited to see you. It's a great vibe. And you stay there for long enough. What's going to happen? You're going to cheer up. You're going to start feeling better. Even if you came in there in a bad mood. Same goes the opposite. You know, if you are around somebody that's kind of like, you know, snoozy Susan, who just like is just like just hates life, bitter at everything. And you're like you around that person, even the most positive people after being around that person for a long time, they're going to start feeling kind of down on themselves. You know what I mean? And it's the same way that like if you've ever played a sport, like I love, you know, I ran track and I love watching track. Some people are like, I can't stand watching track. There's nothing interesting about it. But when I watch a race on TV, I get so excited because I'm able to anticipate what they're feeling. I know the pain that they're going through. I know what it's like. I get so excited. I want to put on my running shoes and go over to COC's track and run around it. That's just how I feel when I'm watching it because I can connect with them on another level. Or it's the same way. If you've been through a hurt, like AJ shared, you know, he's sharing about this, this guy in India whose father had a stroke and he was able to connect with that feeling because his mom went through the same thing and he, he can connect with it just kind of on a different level. And that's what mirror neurons do in each one of us. It's, it's why when you're in an argument with somebody and they start getting loud, what do you do? Well, I got to match them and get louder. And then they get louder. So you get, I get louder. Mirror neurons. That's how they work. It's why if I took a drink out of my water, some of you who are thirsty right now, you'd be like, I know what it's like to be thirsty. And I'm thirsty now and I want a drink of water. And, you know, it's actually one of those things where we can anticipate we can see there's Lila over here drinking some water. Olivia just picked up her water. You know, there's some people that, you know, thirsty because I just talked about it. You're like, oh, yeah, I am thirsty. And that's how it works. There's something in our brains that we're able to relate and we're able to anticipate certain feelings for other people. So, but gentleness. A gentle answer turns away wrath. You want to be gentle? You want to be meek? The next time someone is raising their voice, lower yours. You will save yourself so much conflict if you can do this. When your spouse is raising their voice at you, which none of you would do that, of course, right? Lower yours. When your kids are throwing fits 
How does that work when you match their fit? It doesn't do anything. They just keep on going. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Gentleness diffuses. In Ecclesiastes 10 verse 4, it says, If a ruler's anger rises against you, do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great offense to rest. Now, if you're sitting here wondering, like, okay, a ruler's anger. Okay, you know, when we're reading the Bible nowadays, if you read that word ruler or, you know, um, somebody of an authority figure, the Bible back in the day had rulers. For us, we have bosses. We have authority figures. Actually, there's another version of the Bible that says, if your boss is angry at you, don't quit. Some of you are going to go into work this week or in the next few weeks, and you are going to get chewed out by your boss. Now, I hope none of you are the ones doing the chewing out, right? You're diffusing. But some of you are just going to be the recipients of your boss spewing out whatever they're feeling on you. And maybe you deserve it because you made a bad decision, but maybe it's undeserved. Maybe the intensity isn't necessarily deserved because who knows what kind of email they got. Who knows what they had for lunch, if their stomach's hurting or something like that. Like the Bible just teaches, hey, if you're in one of those conflicts with your boss or somebody in an authority figure. Don't quit. Don't give up. Calmness can lay great offense to rest. It's like if you get pulled over. How does it work for any of you? If you yell at the cop who's about to write you a ticket. No, they're, they're actually just going to find five more things to ticket you on. And they will find it. We've got to hang in there. We don't give up. It diffuses, but it also disarms. You know, there's, we've, we know this to be true because there, there's sometimes people that are angry. And that might be some of us. That when we're angry, like anger... There are people that turn to anger is typically motivated by hurt. It's typically motivated because there's a hurt inside of you. And the only way you know how to respond is in anger, is lashing out, is just sharing everything that they're feeling. And, and, you know, and and, and for some reason that energizes you. I know for myself, you know, I'm not in touch with my feelings kind of guy. All I normally feel is anger. So when something doesn't go my way, it just feels like anger. Now, if I stop, if I calm down, maybe it's because I'm feeling hurt. Maybe it's because I'm feeling disrespected. Maybe it's because I'm feeling not good enough. But that's like three, four layers down. It takes a little bit of stopping to think about it because initially all I feel, I just feel angry. And all I want to do is yell. All I want to do is lash out. All I want to do is say the one thing that I know will hurt. Just being honest with you guys. Anybody, you know, am I only one here? I see a couple handshakes. Okay. I call it a hand raised. Thank you. Thanks bro. (laughs) But see, When we respond like that, we're just giving people ammo. 
We're not diffusing. We're not disarming. We're just giving more ammo. It's not helping anybody. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I love Paul's example here. He says, verse 10, we are fools for Christ, but you were so wise in Christ. We were weak, but you are strong. You are honored. We are dishonored to this very hour. We go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, get this, when we are cursed, we're blessed. We bless when we're persecuted, we endure it. We don't give up. When we're slandered, when people are saying bad things about us, when people are gossiping about us, when people are tweeting mean things about us, we just answer kindly. Doesn't that make you mad? When you're talking bad about somebody and they say, eh, they just smile back at you and tell you that they love you. Doesn't that just make you mad? He says, we have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world right up to this moment. He says, I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers for in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Paul saying, hey, when I was being pushed, when we were being like just put down when people were talking bad about us, when we were being persecuted, we did not respond in kind. We could have. Paul was really good with his words. We can read a lot of them in the Bible. Paul could have blasted them with his words. But he chose to have his strength under control. Gentleness, meekness. It diffuses and it disarms. Point number two or three. I think that's just one point. We can get to the next slide. Gentleness is attractive. I don't care who you are. Everybody loves Mr. Rogers. Your kids love Mr. Rogers. And late, there's some ladies in here. That just because Mr. Rogers is a nice guy, I actually think he's pretty hot. Right? At least my mom thought he was hot. She was like, Mr. Rogers is a good looking man. I'm like, okay, mom. Okay. But you learn about Mr. Rogers. The gentleness with which he spoke, how he handled himself. There's something that attracted people to him. Gentleness is attractive. You guys remember those old car dealership commercials where the guy would be sitting on the car lot with his dog or his family or something like that. And he's like, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, my name is James Ford. Come on down to James Ford Toyota and, you know, Camry dealership right now. Get off your lazy butt and come right now. Come see me. Come see my dog. I got a car waiting for you. Nine ninety nine ninety five. You guys get over here now. Like, did you ever want to go car shopping with that guy? No, you wanted to like punch him in the face. You wanted to, you're like, I've got to, I'm going to go watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because this guy is, he is not gentle. You know, that hard sell, 
It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. You know, the reason the things that we buy nowadays are because people recommended it to us. Because that's the gentle approach. If you're a salesperson in here, that's that's what's going to work. If you're if you think you're going to make a living hard selling people all day long, guys, they're just going to return it the next day. I'm just letting you know that's what's going to happen. Gentleness is attractive. Screaming never works. One of the things I've learned about screaming, screaming at your kids, screaming at your spouse. All you're doing is throwing bricks. And you know what's happening with those bricks? Some of them are hurting them. But then they're taking those bricks that hurt them and they're building a wall with it. Because they're protecting themselves from more bricks that might be coming. Gentleness, strength under control takes walls down. People want to follow gentleness. We're going to talk about that in a second. Now I want to talk about, I want to talk to the singles here. And I'm talking about anybody that's not married. Okay. So we got to, that's like almost half the room in here. Okay. Like anybody that's not married, it's not just the singles ministry campus teens. You guys are single. Okay. Gentleness. Like you will attract what you are. Okay. You will attract what you are. If ladies, if you want a good godly man, what do you think you got to be a good godly woman? Right. You got to be a good godly woman. Guys. You can't be some rude, crude dude with an attitude and think you're going to get a good godly woman. Right? It don't work. Every guy wants that good girl. That's the woman that you want to take home to your mama. Okay? But if you got an attitude, it ain't going to happen. You're going to attract what you are. So work on yourself a little bit. Work on your gentleness. All right, to the guys. This is for some of the single guys. And this is just guys in general. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. I got some, um, this is just some good advice for you guys. But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. He says this righteousness, this, this, this goal to be right with God, godliness to, you know, I'm just trying to be as Christ-like and God-like as possible. This, this whole idea of faith where it's like I'm trusting God with my life, love, unselfishness, endurance. You know, guys, don't give up. We live in a world where, where some guys like they give up too easily. I don't care if you've had a bad example. Don't give up. Endure. Be a strong man of God. And the Bible says gentleness. Gentleness is not weakness. Guys, it's strength under control. Guys, you want to get a good woman? I'm going to tell you what you should do. Y'all want to know? You want to know the secret? You guys sure? You want to hear Dr. Aaron Love's advice? (laughs) You got to be like 
There's a guy in the, yep, there's a guy in the Bible. You got to be like him. His name is Boaz. Yeah. All the ladies are like, oh yeah, I like Boaz. You know, I like, he's like the, the, the biblical version of Mr. Darcy, you know, right? Boaz. Okay. Do what Boaz did. If you don't know the story, go read it for yourself. Ruth, chapter 2, 3 and 4. But I'm going to tell you this part of it. Boaz, he was a a successful man. That's not necessarily required to get a good woman, but that does help if you are successful in whatever you do. You just need to work hard. Okay? He was a successful man. He owned his own wheat field. And he got done uh, one day, like he sees a woman gleaning his wheat field, the Bible talks about. And basically what gleaning is, is after these guys that own the field got done harvesting all the all their wheat and got kind of took whatever they needed, there was product left over. And they would let poor people harvest stuff for themselves. And so this is gleaning season. So he's harvested all he needs. And he's saying, hey, I've still got wheat left over. So anybody else, just come on and, and, and take what you need. And this woman, Ruth, shows up. And Ruth is a Moabite woman. She's not a Jewish person. She's harvesting the, the wheat. And then Boaz hears about this. And what Ruth has done is she has taken it upon herself. Ruth, her husband has died. And she's taken it upon herself to take care of her mother-in-law. She didn't have to. It wasn't an obligation of hers. She put her life on hold to take care of her mother-in-law. And they're poor. She's in this field just getting food because they have no food. And Boaz hears about it. And he could have been rude. He could have been ruthless. He could have said, hey, get out of my field, you non-Jewish woman. What are you doing? Why are you here? You're not one of my people. Get out of here. Boaz wasn't that way. He was gentle. He allowed her to pick what she needed. He even complimented her for what she was doing. Got your Bible. Turn over to to Ruth chapter 2. I want to read this little part. Ruth is talking to Boaz, verse 13. She says, may I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord? She said, you have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant. Though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. She, she, she's humble. She's like, I don't even have the standing of one of your servants, but I'm so grateful that you spoke kindly to me. Guys, you want a good woman? Speak kind to him. Be nice to them. Say nice, encouraging things to them. At verse 14, at mealtime, you know, the lunch bell rang. Boaz said to her, come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. I love that. I love that the Bible tells us that Boaz had her dip some bread and some sauce. I don't know if that was a test. He was like, hey, like, I just got to see if she likes sauce. Or something like that. I connect with this because I'm a, I like sauce on everything. Okay. On everything. Okay. I always have barbecue sauce or Polynesian sauce or I always ask for extra Chick-fil-A sauce and it's just sitting in my refrigerator ready to dip my chicken in it or something like that. Even the chicken that I grill. 
Okay, and, and, and I love sauce. My kids love sauce. And guess what? My wife loves sauce, you know. So I don't know if Boaz, I can connect with Boaz here. I don't know if he was just looking for a saucy woman or something, but. It says, when, when she sat down with their harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. He gave her some granola. She ate all she wanted. And had some leftover. Boaz gave her a doggy bag to take home. He took care of her. You know, women always feel better when you speak gently to them. Things go good for them. And they actually start building a relationship. Boaz and Ruth. And this was like the beginning of their relationship. This lunch with some special sauce. He speaks kindly to her and he gives her some leftovers to take home. They end up getting married. This Jewish man gets married to a non-Jewish woman, which in that time was a no-no. Didn't work. It's not what you do. And God, in his infinite plans, his infinite wisdom, used this situation to really glorify him. Because if you turn into Matthew chapter 1, don't turn there, but you can read. Ruth is in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ruth and Boaz, their grandson was King David himself. One of the greatest kings of Israel. How did it start? Well, because he chose to be gentle. Because he chose to be kind. Somebody said in a book, I read a book and it said, if Boaz had been ruthless with her, he would have been ruthless. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Okay, so that's to the guys. You need to be gentle, okay? You need to be gentle. Women are delicate flowers, but strong, okay? Because ladies, I got to talk to you really quick. First Peter chapter 3, verse 4 says, Your beauty should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty. By the way, unfading beauty. I got it highlighted because, ladies, I do have news for you. Guys, news for you as well. Ladies, your beauty does fade. The outward beauty at some time, I mean, you know, our beauty starts to fade at some point, okay? I hate to tell you that, but we get a little older. We get some gray hairs. So the outward beauty, at least what people think is beautiful, that starts to fade. I see some offended people out there. I'm so sorry. I got some head shaking back there. The Bible says there's something in us that doesn't fade. There's something in women that will never fade. It's the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I love, I love my wife because Lashana, to me, is the epitome of gentleness and meekness. She's not timid. You know, there's a difference between timidity and meekness. Okay, timidity, like, or, or meekness, um, a timid spirit is actually the just exact opposite of a meek spirit. A timid, or excuse me, the quietness which accompanies meekness is a result of somebody's faith in God and trust in God. But the quietness that accompanies timidity is actually a lack of trust. Quietness accompanied by insecurity is just pride. Remember, meekness is strength under control. Well, Shana told me this story that she was in 
Target parking lot one day. She had our son Levi, and she was about eight months pregnant at the time. And a person, I think it was around the holiday time, and somebody almost ran her over. That's not the time to be quiet. Okay? She says that I almost ripped that woman's head off. I was ready to fight for my kids. I was ready to fight because she put our lives in danger. Now, you wouldn't see that about Lashana, right? You, uh, you know, like you guys know Lashana. You know, Lashana is not necessarily one that you think would be a fighter. But guys, that's gentleness. Gentleness is strength under control. Gentleness is, hey, when it's time to be quiet, you're quiet. But when it's time to, to rescue your kids from something, you're strong. You've got it in you. You're ready to pounce if you have to. You know, if there's somebody talking bad about you, if somebody's gossiping about you, you know what gentleness is? You got some thick skin. You're not letting it affect you. But if somebody's dishonoring God, if somebody's caught in a sin, man, you've got the strength to help that person, to call that person out. You know, it's not timidity. There is strength under control. And guys, that is unfading beauty. Ladies, that is unfading beauty. Whereas this gentle, this, this strength under control. And there, I'm so impressed by so many of the women in our church who are just, y'all are just strong women of God. And I'm grateful when you have that all under control. Amen? Guys, beauty is attractive. Excuse me, gentleness is attractive. Beauty is attractive too. Now I want to talk really quick just to the marriage. I want to say something. Colossians chapter 3 verse 19 says, Husbands, love your wives. Don't be harsh with them. I think many of the guys here, we can relate to a little bit what I shared earlier where we're not always in touch with our emotions. It just is anger. Or it's just abrasiveness. That's just how it comes out. Now, we might be feeling something else deep down, and we got to work on slowing down to deal with that. But if it just comes out, that initial feeling, a lot of times it's going to come out with harshness. Don't be harsh with your wives. Gentlemen are gentle men. We need gentlemen in our church. We need gentlemen in this world. You know, great marriages... I've learned great marriages is, is just the union between two really awesome forgivers. Forgiveness gives people another chance to, to correct what's wrong. But listen, guys, if you've been forgiven a lot of harshness, it's time to truly repent. Okay? We can't be harsh with our wives. All right, number three. Gentleness is required for leadership. Who's that? Mother Teresa. Guys, when you think about leaders, leaders that you respect, they are men and women who were just gentle. Like Mother Teresa, this little Romanian nun that wasn't even five feet tall, could walk into the U.S. Congress and the fear of God would be put in each one of them because they were... Her gentleness, her gentleness had earned... Her respect in that circle. Some amazing leaders in the Bible and some amazing leaders just in our communities. The people that we love to follow are the ones that are most gentle. 
You think about every great leader, like even some, some people think Abraham Lincoln, the greatest president that we've ever had, was a man of gentleness. At a time when our country was most divided, it's ever, the, the most division it's ever been, Abraham Lincoln was, he was even gentle with how he treated the defeated southern states. And instead of ostracizing them and saying, nope, you can't be a part of us, he was gentle with how he brought them in. Brought them back in. Think of other great gentle leaders. Gandhi. Martin Luther King. Gentle leaders. King David. Boaz is Ruth's grandson. I mean, David was a man of great meekness. Of great gentleness. See, David, you know, some of us would think David's kind of an emotional dude, right? Like he was able to deal with his emotions. He, he would... You know, he wrote a lot of poetry. He wrote a lot of songs. He cried in the arms of another man. But David also, when it came to somebody hurting his God or hurting his nation, had no problem cutting people's heads off. His strength was under control. You know, one of the most encouraging ones, and you know, in, in uh, our NIV version, it says Moses was the most humble man to ever walk the earth. And I know... What some of us are thinking, like, Moses himself wrote that. <laughs> so what does that say about him? I don't know. But um, in uh, the RSV, the Revised Standard Version, and a couple other versions, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the men that were on the face of the earth. So it uses this word meek for him. It actually used the word gentle in another version that I looked at. Um, it uses the word humble. And the point is, when you look at Moses, what's inspiring about Moses is like, what was Moses' sin set? What was his biggest sins? Moses had a severe anger management issue. When Moses was 40 years old, he killed somebody out of anger. When Moses went to the, uh, get the Ten Commandments and he came down and he saw like just all the, all God's people like completely turned away from God, worshiping idols, what did Moses do with the Ten Commandments? He threw them on the ground and it just completely broke. He broke the Ten Commandments. He had to go back to God and say, you know, God, I'm sorry, I broke it. I broke the Ten Commandment tablets you gave me. And God actually made Moses carve his own the next time. Had to teach him a lesson in his anger. Moses, when he was told to, to speak to the rock, struck the rock, you know, and it kept him out of, his pro, out of the promised land. Yet, even a man that struggled with his anger, the Bible says, was more humble than anyone else, was more meek than anyone else. The Bible only describes two people like that, Moses and Jesus. What's the difference? Moses was teachable. He had times where his strength got out of control. But Moses was willing to change. He was willing to repent. He was a man that was teachable. Gentleness also leads other people to Christ. In First Peter 3.15 it says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks. Who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. The Bible teaches us that it doesn't matter who you're talking about. It doesn't matter how ungodly that person is or how opposite their views are of your faith. The Bible says that we always need to be prepared 
to answer that person. But the way we do it, the way we go about it is gently and with respect. We do it with strength that's under control. You know, it doesn't matter what somebody's saying to you. It doesn't matter how opposite their views are of yours. The Bible teaches us the only way, the only way that you're going to bring someone else to faith to have a deep walk with God is actually just through gentleness and through respect. I want to close out by turning to one final scripture, Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to ask yourself a question, and this one you can probably answer yes to. It's, could I be more gentle? I think we'd all agree that, yeah, I, yeah, I could be much more gentle. I want you to ask you this other question. Because when I read this scripture, Jesus says, all who are weary and burdened, all who are feeling weight on their shoulders, all who are feeling pressure, of life. He says, yoke yourself up to me. Connect with me. I want you to feel my burden. He says, because I, it's easy and light. He says, I am gentle and humble in your heart, in heart and, and I will give you rest. That weariness that you're feeling, I'm going to give you rest. So here's the question. Can the weight that I'm feeling, can the pressures that I'm feeling, because, you know, why my shoulders are so heavy right now, can could that be of a result of my lack of gentleness? Could that be a result of the, the fact that my strength has gotten out of control? That I'm not imitating my Lord in His examples. Who Jesus at any moment, while He was on the cross, the Bible teaches, He could have just called down like legions of angels and decimated everything. It would have been way worse than that, that Superman fight in the, in the movie that you guys have seen before. Like Jesus like had this power, but his strength was under control. So could it be that the weight that I'm feeling, the pressures that I'm feeling, could they be a result of my lack of gentleness? So I want to challenge everyone this morning one, make the decision to be more gentle. Now, this does not just happen. You don't just wake up and say, okay, I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be gentle today. So when you walk out, you're like, hi, how are you? How are you? Good day, sir. How are you guys? And just start being nice to people. Like, no, that, that gentleness is, is, a, is a transformation. It's an intention. It's something that you have to go. It's, it's a heart thing. It's an inside out thing. It's where you say, okay, I've got to really be transformed. My strength that I have has got to be under control. It'll feel weird. Because when somebody's lashing out of you, the gentle person is quiet. The gentle person responds in a whisper. The gentle person doesn't match the tone. 
The gentle person treats other people with respect. The gentle person treats the opposite sex with respect. They're strong. They could say or do things that could hurt somebody, but they harness it. Because it's not going to get the result that they want. It's not the result that God wants for each one of us. God wants us to be respectful of one another. God wants us to have amazing marriages. God wants us to have amazing friendships. God wants us to have to raise our children in the Lord. And none of that happens with harshness, with anger, with tones that are out of control. It all happens through gentleness. It's always going to be about gentleness. It's always going to be about your strength under control. Let's be men and women who are gentle. Let's be men and women who are meek and men and women who imitate our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's stand up and we're going to close in one final song.